Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in to another great edition of Strong Style. That is the Impact Media Weekly MMA and Pro Wrestling Podcast Show. On-demand audio. We're invading your ear hole. That's what we're doing. The one steering the ship, of course, is me, Jeremy, the Impact York. Welcome in. Welcome in. I'm feeling good. Hopefully you guys are feeling good. Lots to get into. Lots to get into. As always, we're gonna we're gonna talk UFC Fight Night. We're gonna I'm gonna tell you about the two upcoming uh, UFC and Bellator. They're not for a couple weeks, but I want to go on and mention them now. Don't want you to forget them. They're they're pretty good. They're pretty big ones. Uh, we'll we'll obviously talk Survivor Series here in a minute. I'll have some, uh, some 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 more thoughts on Ring of Honor and some some the more information that comes out the 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 different opinion I have. Well, let's start as we always do with WWE, and of course that is Monday Night Raw. Of course. Uh, it starts up being a, it ends up being a multi man match. Uh, it's I, I'm not sure who is going to be the top title. And now once again, I haven't seen last night's show. NXT is not going to be on for a couple more minutes, just to tell you when we're recording. So at this point, I only know what I saw last week. What I saw last week was I'm confused who the number one contender is. And I'm confused because, and granted, this was all leading up to Survivor Series, so uh, some of that will it will clear the deck. But uh, Big E came out. Uh, I would very much enjoy his title run. So Big E comes out. Um, then Kevin Owens comes out. So I'm thinking, okay, so Kevin Owens is going to be the next title contender after Big E. Uh, takes on Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, champion versus champion. Okay. And then Kevin Owens just kind of shrugs his shoulders and walks to the back. And then the Usos attack Big E. And then uh, and then Riddle comes out there and uh, saves Big E. 
And then Sonya Deville comes out. And Seth Rollins does as well. Sonya basically makes a match. All right, well, let's have Big E and Riddle versus the Usos. Uh, Seth was at ringside. So now here again, I'm thinking KO. Kevin has got to be the has got to be the number one contender, right, or the next contender up. Well, then they bring out Seth, and Seth's kind of parading around too. So now I'm confused. Is it KO? Is it Seth? Is it, uh, I don't know. They're, they're leaving it open. Now, granted, I understand not really announcing it because it would take away from the Roman versus Big E match in Survivor Series, but you got to kind of give us something. Uh, but that was a kind of a back-and-forth match. It ends up with leading to Big E and RK-Bro versus Seth and the Usos. Seth gets the pinfall in that one, which makes him look like the stronger contender because, well, Kevin Owens is nowhere to be found. But, I don't know. It just it didn't seem like it solved a whole lot. So, let's see. Then we got, it looks like Bianca Belair is going to move on to a feud with Dewdrop. I like that. Dewdrop is uh, a fantastic talent. We've seen what Bianca can do. I think it's such a, an interesting stylistic matchup that this this could be fun. This could be fun. I don't I don't have a much more problem with that. Um, they super hyped up Becky Lynch versus Charlotte at Survivor Series, which they should. That's that's big. And what makes that match even bigger? And I'll say I'll, I'll you know. I won't say much else until we talk about Survivor Series. Those two used to be really good friends. Used to be. This is not some writer storyline story block. No, they they legitimately don't like each other anymore. I don't know where the rift came from. The way it appears to me, this is absolutely my opinion. The way it appears to me is it's something Charlotte did. It could be a little bit of both, but it seems that Becky is more upset about it. Meaning, you know, it's really sad. It didn't have to come to this, but it did. So it's, it, it's which is kind of weird. There's there's a rumor that Charlotte and Andrade are not doing the greatest either. So, I don't know. That's all, that's all off-screen stuff. And honestly, none of our business, even though it does relate to the on-screen stuff that we see, you can tell a difference when people have stuff going on. But either way, um, it looks like Adam Pierce could be potentially, he's going to be the, maybe the evil corporate henchman type guy. Uh, he seems to be picking on the Mysterios, which is ultimately going to lead to their, they're going to split up and face each other. That needs to happen. But Pierce and Ray had a, a good exchange that uh, you should go back and watch because it was, uh, it's how you're supposed to do it. Um, in what ended up being a, a, as good a match as advertised, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens absolutely tore it up in the middle of, or at the end of Raw. It was not the 
It was not the main event. It should have been. It was right before the main event, which was a wash of Ray getting ran over by Lashley. But uh, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens are two of the best on the planet. And when you put them in the ring together, it's fireworks. And it was outstanding. If you built up that story a little bit, it could be a main event without a title. That's how good it is. It's a main event without a title. Most of the time you need a title to add more to it. Not in this case. Not in this case. Anytime, I mean, like I said, Kevin Owens probably once famously wrestled a mop and the mop went on to be world champ. Finn Balor could, Finn Balor could probably trip over the same mop and the mop would be two-time world champ. They're just that good. But uh, that was the end of Raw. Let's get into SmackDown, and then we'll talk about Survivor Series, and then I'll circle back to NXT. NXT wasn't really affected by SmackDown. It was affected by something else a little later on. Now, on SmackDown. Uh, you had the exchange between Roman and Xavier Woods. It's making it to where Xavier Woods, not to me, because I always thought of him equally. I'm not just saying that. Woods was the often forgotten about member of the trio. Everybody knew Big E would go on to do big things. Everybody knew Kofi had done some fantastic things, even got a chance to be champ before Big E. And everybody said, well, Xavier Woods is really good, but, well, he's the, he's the little brother. And then he won King of the Ring. And then Roman Reigns started picking on him. And now people realize what I saw a while back. But what I saw was that Xavier Woods is a main eventer. He can very much carry a main event because he is that good. But that's, uh, you know, you had Roman, you had the Usos, you had Heyman, then you had Xavier Woods down there, and they uh, they destroyed everything but the crown. Or they didn't destroy the crown eventually. Trying to, which is just stupid. And it, that's just WWE in a nutshell, too is you build somebody up, you finally give him an achievement like winning King of the Ring, and he can't even enjoy it because you completely strip him up. Then why do it? Why do it? It's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. But moving on. We had a uh, fantastic four-way. It was a fatal four-way, but a fantastic four-way where Ricochet, Jinder Mahal, Sheamus, and Cesaro all went at it. You talk about four people that could go. These are, uh, Ricochet hasn't really had his big limelight, but Ricochet's another one that could carry a main event if if put together right. Jinder Mahal, former world champ. Sheamus, former world champ. Cesaro should be world champ. Uh, Sheamus ends up winning this, which is cool. I have no problem. I would have had no problem with any of the four of these winning this. When he did, they've been advertising his buddy Ridge Holland. Well, Ridge Holland come out to congratulate Sheamus, and they, they look like they were two old rugby pals. Uh, I don't know if they're going to pair Ridge with Sheamus to help him out, or if they're going to put him together as a team, or whatever they're going to do. But, uh, yeah, Ridge Holland does need a little bit of help. He's a great talent. He can learn a lot from a Sheamus or Cesaro. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do going forward. But uh, Sheamus wins a big match, and uh, we got to see Ridge. Ridge eventually going to be in the ring, and you guys are going to like it. Um, 
The only reason we'll mention this next match is because of the achievement. Natalia and Shayna Baszler took on Aaliyah and Naomi. Naomi took the loss here. Natalia ended up with the win. That was win number 500 in her WWE career for Natalia. 500 wins, which is crazy because she usually jobs out to everybody else. So she probably would have had this three or four years ago. But congratulations to Natalia on 500 wins. There's probably not a lot of people in WWE history that had 500 wins. So congratulations to her on that. Uh, you had Shinsuke with Rick Boogs, who took on Angel Garza with Humberto Carrillo. This was a good match. There was all kinds of chaos going on down by the ring. Finally, Shinsuke catches Angel Garza with a kick and gets the win. So it looks like the uh, they're going to build up Garza and Carrillo by going over Shinsuke and Boots. That should be a fun little feud there. Sasha Banks took on Shotzi Blackheart as uh, Shotzi was uh, still perturbed from, she said Sasha cost her a an opportunity. And, uh, of course, Banks wins this here. Shotzi's not established enough, but uh, Shotzi, they think pretty highly of her to immediately have her against Sasha Banks. She's been in some other high-profile stuff already, and she does have the potential to be the, I won't say the anti, but the, the opposite of what WWE would typically think of a main eventer. You know, really... I won't say dolled up, but Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks. Uh, I would put Becky in the uh, the anti category. The if you looked at them, you would think, oh, WWE is just going to go for them because they have the cookie cutter look. I'm here to tell you, Becky Lynch is somebody who has shattered that. Shotzi is somebody who could shatter that. She is very, very good. She can talk. She can get a whole different audience to pay attention. Whole different audience. So, Shotzi, you go. You go, girl. Um, looks like Tony Storm and Charlotte, they are going to kind of keep pushing that as they kind of brought it up. And now I believe Tony Storm was part of the Survivor Series team so that she could uh, interject here. And Hey, more than likely Charlotte's going to go on long, lengthy reign as she normally does. Tony Storm's going to show everybody that she's, she's an up-and-comer that it can absolutely go. And uh, if Charlotte tries to take some liberties, Tony Storm can wrap her up and take a few back. So I very much like that. Because I feel like sometimes that Charlotte bullies her opponents. In the ring and out of the ring. And I don't think Tony's going to be bullied. I don't think Shotzi will. And that's part of why I like Sasha Banks. Because guess what? She's she's not one to be easily bullied either. But uh, Xavier Woods came out. He called Roman out in order to confront him. And uh, Roman walked out. And he thought the Usos were going to help him. And the Usos got slung across the stage. And it was because Big E had done so. 
and Big E chased him down to the ring, and him, Xavier Woods, beat the crap out of Roman Reigns. And he was eventually able to escape, but not before the Usos got dropped like it was hot. Fantastic way to kind of end up SmackDown there. It's given a lot of advantage. Usually, the person who gets attacked at the last TV taping before before the pay-per-view are typically the ones who uh, who win at the pay-per-view. Well, let's go to Survivor Series. Let's find out. Let's find out. We start with the uh, Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, who took on United States Champ Damian Priest. I'll put it this way. If this match happened in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shinsuke wins. If this happens in Ring of Honor Wrestling, I think Priest wins. If this happens in NXT, Priest probably wins. So, this happened on Survivor Series. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Damian Priest. Uh, it was DQ. What it ended up being is is uh, Priest got a little fed up with the guitar. He ended up hitting Boogs with a piece of it, and then he turned around and hit Nakamura. And uh, you know. It is what it is. Uh, it was kind of a weird ending to a, a pretty good, solid match. These two, these two are really good. They could both go for world championships sometime soon. That left. That went to the match. Now that stole the show. I'll tell you right now, it stole the show. The raw emotion between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I already told you they don't necessarily care for each other. And that's an understatement. And they have wrestled each other. You know probably 50 times in their careers. There's a lot of chemistry. Like I said, there's a lot of real emotion in this. You get the the Raw champ versus SmackDown champ. It it really does feel like Charlotte gets benefit of the doubt a lot and that she kind of gets her way and that she kind of bullies. That's what it feels like. I may be totally off on that, but that's just the vibe I get from this side of of the screen. For people who want to know, that's a swig of amazing dark roast coffee from the Buttered Udder. You should go see our friends, the Buttered Udder, as they have coffee, amazing ice cream. Uh, I actually have a piece of pie waiting on me when I'm done with this. Peanut butter pie. They do quiche. They do uh, brownies. They just they do all kinds of good things. If you are in the greater Carrollton or Bremen area, stop by the Buttered Udder. Tell them I sent you and enjoy Everything you're gonna get, it's it's insane. Go go see Mike and, and the crew, and uh, it's wow, just it's it's so good. Now, like I said, the raw emotion between Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch is what helped fuel this. You could tell there is some hate, there is some animosity, there is probably some jealousy between both about different things between the beginning of their history and now. There's a lot. 
this all came down to Charlotte trying to be Charlotte and win by underhanded means. Uh, in fact, I never like when people use the finisher of the other person. At one time, Becky Lynch had the disarmor on Charlotte. Charlotte reversed it and put it on her. It's not your hold. Don't do that. Um, Charlotte then tried to do a roll up and and uh, hold the ropes in order to uh, to cheat and get a win there. And Becky was able to reverse it and hold the ropes herself and actually get the roll up win. It was a weird ending to what was kind of a cheap ending to what was a just unbelievably great match. It's probably what keeps it from being an A plus. I'd give it an A. Other people gave it an A minus. It was up there. But in the end, Becky Lynch wins. And I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm Team Becky. Team Becky. Now we had the traditional Survivor Series match, which they continue to screw up because they still don't do it the way they used to do it. All right. Disclaimer. When Survivor Series started, they did four-man teams. It was four-on-four. It was elimination style. If you won the match, whether there was one, one, two, three, or four people who won for your team, the winners would all meet in a uh, winner's winners elimination tag match at the very end to see who the actual sole survivor would be. That's just the way they used to do it. Nowadays, they just do a Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and it is what it is. But it used to all be, I mean, like, titles didn't mean anything or anything at this point. What they used to do, I mean, sometimes you'd have, you could have uh, Hulk Hogan, the world champ, on one team, and maybe the Intercontinental Champion is is uh, Mr. Perfect, and he's on a, he's in a completely different match. Maybe the Tag Team Champion's Demolition, maybe they're a part of one of those teams, maybe they're not. But they did Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and actually did a pretty good job with this one. Team Raw, of course, with Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. Team SmackDown was Drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. I'll be honest. On paper, I picked Team Raw based on that. And I like a lot of people on each one, but based on the resumes, it'd be real hard to beat Team Raw. That being said, this thing went back and forth. There was a lot of really good finishes. But in the end, there was a sole survivor, and his name was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Pretty good match. It was a pretty good match. A lot better a lot better than, than we probably thought it would be. I thought it would be pretty cheap. Now, there was a lot of good... Um, a lot of good, interesting eliminations some of the writers and the beat writers didn't like them because they're like oh they're protecting this guy protecting his image no i thought they were pretty fitting a lot of the ones that happened needed to happen it happened the right way so i'll give them credit on that one and give seth rollins a lot of credit that he has a ton of momentum behind him there was a 25 man battle royal because i don't know wwe hadn't had a battle royal in 30 days I'm surprised they don't have battle royals to determine who's in the next battle royal. Especially knowing we're, what, let's see, this is the end of November, so the end of December, the end of January, the end of January, so two months from now is the Royal Rumble. The most famous, notorious battle royal they have. It means so much. This one, who knows? 
uh, oh, uh, Omas ends up winning this. It was okay. It was paper thin. He eliminated like half the people there, which is fine. They're just building him into this this big uh, this big bruiser monster that he is. I, I feel like him and AJ will split soon because they're not doing tag team stuff anymore, and you know, it's just uh, I don't know. They had a battle royal. Omos won. Good for him. The Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, took on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions of the Usos. I will say right away, the Usos are the more established team. RK Bro are just two guys they stuck together that are interesting. That's just WWE in a nutshell sometimes. Don't believe me? Look through the history of their video games and some of the story modes you can do. Sometimes the story mode involves two people who are fighting for the world title who become tag team champions. Think about how many times that's happened. But anyway, RK Bro, look, Riddle's okay. He's a decent worker. Randy Orton's a Hall of Famer. And the Usos are probably a Hall of Fame tag team. They're it's I mean, they've been they've been a tag team their whole life. Uh for some goofy reason, though, they let RK Bro win this match. I guess because the Usos could take the the uh, defeat, and it won't bug them that much. It won't really hurt them that much. And RK Bro needs all the wins they can get because I I just don't see that they're going to be around much longer before they split them. Then we had the women's Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Team Raw: Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina Vega. Versus Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shotzi, I guess we're dropping the black heart, Shotzi, Shayna Baszler, Natalia, and Tony Storm. Well, I'll tell you right now, based on if it was WWE tenure, Team Raw has a distinct advantage on paper. If it was uh, overall in general, uh, Team SmackDown would run away with it, what they did before they got here. Uh, it all came down to Shotzi and, and Sasha not really working well together. It ends up Team Raw defeats Team SmackDown. Bianca Belair is the sole survivor. Right, we get it. It's just tough. It's physical. Yeah, it's, uh, it just seems like they're forcing, they force Bianca on us a lot more. And just, just let her wrestle. She's a good performer. Just let her be her. And you shouldn't have to force her down our throat. It's what it is. It's okay, man led to the WWE Champion Biggie versus the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. This was Godzilla versus King Kong. This was uh, the immovable object versus the uh, what? Irresistible object or whatever it is. This was, yeah. This was pick your two favorite superstars. Back and forth, they brutalize each other. Big time slams, big time power moves, Superman punches, uh, just everything. These two proving why they are the world champs on each brand because they're that good. And in the end, as we as we uh, as we kind of thought. 
Roman wins, but he won in a dignified fashion. It wasn't squash. It very much looked like he just got the, the he got the final blow first. As he hit one last spear, as uh, Big E was recovering from hitting his knee, and uh, it, I mean, it, it was the second best match, the second best match on the card, with the first 100% being Becky versus Charlotte. If Becky versus Charlotte's not on there, oh, the main event would just crush it. But since it, and it came far enough afterward, still crush it. The crowd had had uh, mellowed enough to where they were brought up for this one, and uh, it was just, just absolutely great. Absolutely great. Now, let's get into NXT real quick, and then I have to uh, talk about that news that that you guys brought up to me, even though I I knew about it. Thanks for telling me, though. I appreciate you guys telling me these things. Because one of the ways I found out was I saw it on Facebook. Uh, NXT. Dexter Loomis had a match with Tony D'Angelo. I guess Loomis has now run a job out to a lot of people. Uh, he lost to Tony D'Angelo, the new guy. This involved uh, Carmelo and Trick and Johnny Gargano. It looks like Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are going to be taking on Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano very, very soon. Uh, in fact, Pete Dunne had, had uh, a little bit to do with it, too, as he came out. But uh, Gargano versus Pete Dunne, I would take my money. I, I would sign up a thousand times for that. Um, let me talk about it in a second. Well, there was a big six-man tag that involved Diamond Mine, uh, Ikemanjiro, Kushida, and Odyssey Jones. Odyssey Jones, Ben Roderick Strong. I don't know what it means. Um, Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson had a Texas Hold'em showdown in the middle of the ring because why waste a good backstage set uh, segment when you could put it in the middle of the ring? I I, I don't know why there's a, a poker showdown like that. Now, if it was a standalone, hey, we're going to put three or four superstars over here. You're fine. You know, like Family Feud and things like that, where they'll have teams made up of, of wrestlers. Okay, fine. But to do it in the middle of the ring and take up like 10 minutes of TV time, I don't get it. Because neither one of them really have the reputation of being big gamblers. It just made no sense. Um, Briggs and Jensen took on O'Reilly and... Um, Von Wagner. Von Wagner ends up with the win in that. Briggs and Jensen, man, I like that tag team. They are really, really good. They work well together. I can see them doing some... They're, they're kind of like Cade and Murdoch. It's kind of what they look like, act like, and kind of wrestle like a little bit. Really, really good at what they do. Uh, in the end, Imperium comes down there. I like Imperium as, as the champs right now. Um, let's see. That match doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it here. They're still pushing Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker. 
Maybe it's going to be a rematch somewhere down the road. But I, I don't know why you would do that. If you're Champa, you say, I already beat that guy. Are you just going to keep going until Braun wins? Because now you're telling me that you like that guy better than anybody else in your roster, that he steps in on day one. Look, I'm a big fan of the guy, too. But I've met and talked with him dozens of times before he was in NXT. So I'm a little partial in that aspect. But as good as the kid is, what are we doing? Because if he does win, then okay, no duh, we figured it out. But if he doesn't win, then where does he go from there? Back to the bottom? Or to the bottom? He never started at the bottom. Just made no sense. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were trying to hash out their feud when Fatal Attraction showed up, which called Corey Jade to show up, which calls called for uh, Zoe Stark to come out on crutches and then hand a crutch to Io Shirai. Who, it's, I, why? If you're hurt, don't be on TV. Go away. It's, it's a waste of time, and it, you're just asking yourself to get hurt again. But that's how it went off. Uh, I still want to see Gonzalez and Dakota Kai hash it out. I think they were starting to get into it. It's It needs to be, it doesn't need to be a cage match or a, any kind of random stupid stipulation. No, the two of them need to go out there, beat the crap out of each other, and get over it. I think that's exactly what needs to happen. And that was pretty much NXT. So, before we get into the other stuff, let's talk about the fact that, what was it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pretty decent reputation wrestlers were released by WWE the other day. Jackson Riker, who last time I checked hadn't been on TV in a while, and uh, he, he had pretty much done everything he was going to do. Uh, fantastic worker. Um, he was gunner on the indies. Uh, he, he, I don't, I'm sure he'll go back to the indies. Uh, Shane Thorne, a lot of people haven't seen him in a while. Drake Maverick, who recently won the 24-7 championship. But he's, he about ran his course, too. Uh, Tegan Knox, that one was surprising. And Knox, I'm a Tegan Knox fan. But they split her and Shotzi and then have propelled Shotzi. So I, I guess they were showing what they, that they didn't want the tag team. Tegan Knox will be back on the Indies. She already is. She'll be doing some big things here soon. Just watch. Because she's going by Newell. Something Newell. I'm trying to think of her actual name but uh then you had uh the, the, then then you get into the four that were well one of these all right let's go john morris john morrison had been on tv in a little while they had already released taya otherwise known as frankie monet taya valkyrie is his wife they released her he had been doing much him and the Miz used to team up and do stuff. Well, the Miz was doing Dancing with the Stars, so Morrison was just kind of hanging out there, uh, doing a lot. Probably makes a little bit of a salary. They are co- It is a little bit of a cost cut. And also, a lot of these people weren't doing much. They didn't have much form on TV, so why not write more for the people you do have stuff for than try to make up stuff for people you don't? It makes sense. I mean, I don't like all, of, all the releases either, but... And then... What didn't make sense initially, until I've dug into it a little bit, was the fact that the newly called up faction, who had already lost its female member to the last cut, uh, hit row. They got rid of Ashante Adonis, 
They got rid of Isaiah Swerve Scott, who had been an NXT staple for a while. And they got rid of Top Dollar, who is AJ... Can't think of his last name. Shipley or something? But he had actually done some work with some of the memorabilia shows and all. He was uh, he was on a lot of those shows. But what I heard when I when I dug into it a little bit, and you're going to hear this. There's, there's you know anytime somebody gets rid of somebody, it's always uh, the person they're getting rid of's fault, right? But there was some backstage heat between uh, a couple of the members. A lot of people said it was top dollar. Could have been, but. Uh, hit row apparently before they got called up and after they got called up were rubbing people backstage the wrong way. I don't know if they were acting entitled, if they were just being jerks, if they were pulling a Randy Orton and destroying hotel rooms. I doubt that. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe they ate all the bagels where in catering where people had to eat donuts. I don't know. That was the rumor, though, is that they were rubbing people the wrong way and... WWE had just decided the best thing to do was to move on. you got to think. The reason why these are public is because people are reporting on them now. Years ago, people got released and hired. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't know. You didn't know one way or the other, you know? Until you either see them on TV or you see them in a different company. But they can only have so many people. You know, the Raw roster may have 60 people on it, but 60 people is a lot. Try using 60 people every week. They don't. They use about 45 of them. And they use a lot of them for the house shows and the tours and the things like that. Because a lot of times you'll go to a house show and you'll go, oh, I haven't seen that guy in a while. Oh, that, that there's that girl there. I, I Man, I, I thought she was gone from the company. It's like, no, they're still doing part of the tour. They're just not part of the featured stories and storylines going on. And so that's kind of what happened there. Like I said, if you have a backstage riff and they can't figure out a way to resolve it or they don't want to resolve it, they get rid of you. Will any of those people surface in AEW like almost everybody seems to here lately? Um, maybe. If anybody, Tegan Knox. That would be my guess. Because... It's a little crowded. Tegan Knox will get lost in the shuffle if they bring her over as well, unless Ruby Soho decides to uh, partner up with her or something like that. But she's on a pretty good run by herself. She probably doesn't want to. Um, but those people will be fine. They'll all find, they'll all find places to land. AEW Dynamite. <laughs> uh, we start with the Super Click and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega... Uh, is saying he is bowing out to take some time away to fix some things. Let me help you out. He is having um, some ab, abdomen-related potential surgery or procedure. Uh, he, his shoulder and I believe his neck or back have some issues that he needs to get cleared up. And so that's what he's going to do. And it's not he's not just doing it from AEW. He relinquished. He gave up the AAA title from Mexico. Because he's not going to be able to defend it. He's going to have surgery. So, wish you the best, Omega. You are still one of the best wrestlers on the planet. We look forward to your return. And uh, it will be interesting to see what AEW does in his absence. Because he has been a cornerstone since the beginning. And not just because he's part of management. 
Uh, Dark Order comes out to help celebrate Hangman with his uh, newly won title. And Brian Danielson, the number one contender, comes down there, and they get in a verbal battle that Danielson ultimately wins because he's better at running his mouth. But uh, they kind of got in some fisticuffs. Dark Order kind of let him go here and there. But uh, that led to the opening night contest. Brian Danielson versus Evil Uno. <laughs> it's, I don't, it's, I'm starting to think the American Dragon can't have a bad match. Uno's great. Uno is exceptional wrestler and showman. And uh, Brian Danielson is, is uh, trying to find himself back into my top five. Right now I have him in the top ten. Show me a little bit more, Daniel. But Danielson wins, as as he should. But my goodness, this is for an opening contest. This was this was insane. This could have been a main event. Could have been a main event. It was really really good. Um, the butcher and the blade took on Orange Cassidy and his new friend. I think it's Tomohiro Ishii. From New Japan. I'm a big Ishii fan. Uh, from watching New Japan. Dude is a. Just a bulldog man. He he throws a heck of a lariat. He does a lot of power moves. He can just muscle you. And he can take a hit. And he took quite a few. But in the end. Ishii gets the pin on the blade. It's still part of the talent exchange. Here's what's happening. Saw my dad over the weekend for a family shindig, and I was catching him up on some of this because uh, he, he's been able to catch some of this in his recovery. You're doing great, Dad. Appreciate appreciate uh, uh, all you've done. Appreciate you you doing all the all the, the rehab work you're doing. You're, you're doing a fantastic job. Super proud. But I was telling him, I was like, hey. So part of the talent exchange, part of why the New Japan guys are able to show up in Impact Wrestling and AEW and, and the like are because New Japan has put a, a, a second location, basically, in California. Which means, as those, as those New Japan guys from Japan, it, from the regular dojo, come over to California to wrestle as part of the program there, well, they're already in the States. That means they've already passed protocols. It's a lot easier to have them come over and be part of the taping. So this talent exchange is doing a really, really good job. And also... Having that California location means that if New Japan says, hey, we'd like to feature some AEW or some Impact Wrestling guys, they fly to California, and they're done. And there you go. I mean, how, how great is that? But a uh, big win for Ishii and uh, Orange Cassidy. Uh, just Butcher and Blade are a really cool team, but uh, anytime Orange Cassidy wins, it, it's, it's a good day in AEW. And to have Ishii in there, my goodness. If you guys don't know who he is, YouTube. YouTube. As part of the, I think it was a quarterfinal for the tournament, uh, Hikaru Shida took on Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose ends up with the win there, and I believe that gives her 50 wins in AEW. Sheeta was the other one with 50 wins. And I believe Nyla Rose has right around there now. And she moves on. Who is she going to face? She can't remember who she's going to face. But I believe we're to the semifinals of the tournament. 
Uh, MJF came out running his mouth. He had Spears and Wardlow with him. Sean Spears and Wardlow. And he was saying, oh, well, Darby's not here, so... Uh, you know, or Darby's not going to answer the bell, and, and um, I'm still better than you, Darby, and there's nobody in that locker room that really wants a piece of me, MJF. And then we hear a particular song, and that song is by a band named Living Color, and the name of the song is Cult of Personality. Yep, CM Punk comes out, and he walks all the way down the ramp, and he gets into the ring. And he gets in MJF's face, and he grins, and he backs off and walks off. Say, I, basically what he said was, you can flap your gums all you want. You can, in not saying something, he was saying, you can run your mouth all you want. But when you want to fight, I got your fight. CM Punk versus MJF. I can't wait. I can't wait, and you shouldn't either. Um... That'll get into something later. We'll get into uh, backstage segment. We'll talk about that in a minute. Leo Rush and Dante Martin took on the acclaimed. Uh, the acclaimed are a pretty good team. They're they're pretty good showmen. I like the insults that the 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 one guy says on the way to the ring. Uh, they're just getting lost in the shuffle right now, so they're having to do anything they can to to stay on TV, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. But in the end, Leo Rush and Dante Martin end up with the victory. They're really building up Dante Martin. And look, Leo Rush, all-world talent. All-world talent. Yeah, he's, he's small, but so is Brian Danielson. So we can't say anything about size here. What Leo Rush does, there's nobody with that moveset. This is his video game. When he does stuff, it's video game. Um, What else was there? Ooh. There was the main event. The main event was for the TNT Championship. It was Sammy Guevara, the Spanish guy. who was already a little dinged up, but gosh, he got dinged up hard in this one. At one point, I wasn't sure if he was going to finish the match. And he was against making his AEW debut after he told Ring of Honor to pound sand. Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal versus Sammy Guevara was the main event. Holy cow. Holy cow, Batman. Holy cow, Marie. Holy cow, Chick-fil-A. This match was incredible. Jay Lethal, I think he's my age. But Jay Lethal has been wowing people for two decades in this sport, and, you know, seeing him and Bobby Fish and Brian Danielson and all these guys that are that have been doing it forever and can still go 100% A-plus. Like I said, Guevara is already one of the cornerstones and one of the, the better ones out there. And my goodness, Lethal versus Guevara for this belt was just insane. Insane. In the end, Guevara wins. Man, he took a lot of shots to the ribs. Uh, he might need a week or so to uh, kind of get back on on track. 
in the end, the inner circle come out to help celebrate and congratulate Jay Lethal on a well done match as well. Just incredible. Just incredible. Uh, let's talk about AEW Rampage. Rampage, here we go. Okay, the backstage segment I didn't mention a while ago had to do with Darby Allen and the Gun Club. That led to the opening Rampage match of Darby Whitsting versus Billy Gunn and the Gun Club, which are his sons. Of course, Darby wins that, but uh, Billy Gunn, man, he's another one. Billy Gunn's in his 40s, and that dude is in, he reminds me of Bob Holly. He will potato you right in the mouth if you ain't paying attention or thinks you deserve it. My goodness, he can still go. And he did some fantastic stuff. Him and Darby were a great matchup. Darby wins, of course. Fantastic. Um, another quarterfinal match of the women's tournament. Jade Cargill took on Red Velvet. Look, Red Velvet's probably the better polished wrestler, but Jade Cargill, they are building up, and she has a lot of momentum going on her side. So, of course, she wins this. And she moves on to the uh, semifinals. I think they got one more quarterfinal to go, and then they'll be all semis. Because I know it's, I think it's going to be Nyla Rose, Ruby Soho, and then it's going to be Jade Cargill versus, I feel like maybe Anna Jay versus Jamie Hayter, something like that. That sounds right. Um... The main event was Adam Cole and Bobby Fish. So great to see those two back together. Even one night only. Versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. They said the Young Bucks are not cleared for contact. Probably about right. And, uh, of course, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy end up with the victory as uh, they uh, Jungle Boy had the snare trap on Bobby Fish. And... Uh, Christian Cage had ran the Young Bucks and Adam Cole towards the top of the ramp, and they kind of let Fish take the, the fall there. But uh, either way, he was expendable into the group. We knew that. And the personal Bobby, you knew that. Uh, Jungle Boy with another win over Super Click. That's going to be a fun feud, the way they, they keep playing that back and forth. Uh, just some uh, incredible stuff. Impact Wrestling. You had Steve Macklin over the Laredo Kid. Macklin was able to win that one. It's to help his cause in uh, being in the... Uh, to try to be X-Division champ. Macklin, man, he's he's a guy who seems like they're wanting to really build and do some things with him, and, and I look forward to it. I think that's part of why... See, W. Morrissey was in there, the old big cast, and his contract expired. And they didn't really renew his contract. So, and he was doing some big things. He was in some big-time matches, big-time position. Just for some reason, maybe they couldn't come to an agreement for some reason. But he's done. He's out. Um, So Macklin can kind of take over the role of of, uh, that position if uh, if he really pushes it. Him and the Radio Kid, though, they work really well together. It was a really, really good match. 
We saw the Inspiration beat the Undead Bridesmaids. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, Decay come out at that point uh, to scare the Inspiration. That's going to be a fun story. That's a fun story between those there. Um, Hikaleo from the Bullet Club took on Big LG. These two guys look like they wore each other out because by the end, I wasn't sure either one of them were going to finish. And they probably both could have used some oxygen in order to get to the back, but they just wore each other out. Two big guys who just went at it. Big LG with the win. Uh, then the uh, male members of Decay came out with the Demon. Pretty sure that's Dale Torborg. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dale Torborg, in between his wrestling stints, was the hitting coach for the Chicago White Sox when the White Sox won the World Series a couple years ago. But um, they took on Johnny Swinger, Falaba, and Hernandez. And the Demon gets the win over Johnny Swinger. Yeah, it's good to see the Demon back. You know, Matt's meant absolute garbage, but it's good to see the Demon. We have Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Alexander. That was the main event. Josh Alexander's wife was in the audience. And uh, he gets the win over Suzuki. My goodness, what a win. And you had to get that, you know, you had to run that by Suzuki. So the fact that he was okay with that means a lot. Josh Alexander with the big win there. And that's pretty much all they had on there. Let's move to Ring of Honor. Dalton Castle was able to defeat Dragon Lee for the TV title. I think it's the only title he hadn't won up till now, which. I don't know that it means much because we're only about a week and a half, two weeks away from Ring of Honor, not having any more events till April and having nobody on their roster. Uh, Joe Hendry come out to help celebrate with Dalton Castle there. I thought that was uh, fantastic. Uh, Mandy Leone took on Allison Kay and uh, Trish Adams. Mandy Leone gets the win there. That's somebody they tried. They were going to try to build with years ago, and then it just—I don't know if she got hurt or they just decided not to do it, or I don't know. They, she had a lot of promise. Still has a lot of promise. And then the Mecca Brian Johnson defeated John Walters in a pure wrestling match. He actually kind of won fair and square. He didn't kind of underhanded do anything this time, which is interesting. Now my Ring of Honor take. My Ring of Honor take is this. After hearing some comments from Dalton Castle, who said it's just, it's bizarre and it's weird to do these last few tapings, though, and they don't mean anything. And he says, even though he is not on the current December card, that uh, he, he still has a chance to go and perform on a pay-per-view for fans, and he wants to. And he's going to keep wrestling. He's not done just because Ring of Honor is uh, pausing for a couple months. But the more I hear wrestlers talk, because he said uh, his deal... Is is done in, in uh, at the end of December. A lot of other people's are going to be done by April. And Ring of Honor is going to pay the contracts out. I'm starting to think more and more that this is the end of Ring of Honor. At least for now. I could reboot, I guess. But it's sounding like they are going to regroup and try some things. But you don't, when you're in the live event business, you figure out the live event part of it. It seems like they're having trouble figuring out the live event part of it, and they're about to let a lot of talent go elsewhere. It's going to be hard to get those guys back. Unless you start with more of an indie feel to things, kind of the way you started, 
I just I don't see where this is going to end well for <clears throat> for Ring of Honor. It's it's the wrong time to do that. It, you could partner up and you could do some things, and I, I get that. But I just I want Ring of Honor to do well, and because it is a part of wrestling history, you cannot tell wrestling history without Ring of Honor. The only problem is then what? You know, then what? And uh, I just I I feel like they're not going to survive their pause unless somebody steps in. I don't know who would step in. Billy Corrigan, maybe. I don't know. Yes, Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corrigan, look it up. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Good luck to Ring of Honor. Good luck to all the the talent from there. Uh, there are some really, really good ones, and I hope uh, you find some good landing spots soon because a lot of those people are worthy of being on TV every week. All right, UFC Fight Night. <clears throat> UFC Fight Night. The one that happened over the weekend, we will review that one. I'll tell you about the upcoming fight night and upcoming Bellator, and uh, then we'll, we'll be on our way. Uh, fight night. I'm going to talk about uh, mainly the main event here, but uh, good for Loopy Goodness, Godness, as she beat uh, Loma Luke Boonmi. I told you I'm going to stay in Loma, even though I like Loopy. Uh, Loopy. thought Loopy did some great things, but uh, hey, she got the unanimous decision in this, so... You know, it is what it is there. Good for Luffy. Um, there we go. In the in the main card here. Uh, Pat Sabatini with a good win over Tucker Lutz. He had a decision there. There was only two finishes in this entire card. And uh, uh, one of them on the, the smaller part of the card, and one of them's coming up. Adrian Yanez. With a split decision win over Davy Grant. Davy Grant will rebound. He's a good fighter out of England. Uh, but Adrian Yanez, good for you, sir. Great, great performance. You deserve that win. You had uh, Kung Ho Kang, who lost a unanimous decision uh, about to Ronnie Yaha. Or Yaya? It's Yaha, I think. Uh Good Bantamweight fight there. What about Talia Santos with the submission win over Joanne? Used to be Calderwood, now Joanne Wood. I'm gonna. I'm not going to give excuses, but I'm going to kind of say Joanne was a little distracted by recently getting married. There's a lot that goes into that. You guys know that. For those of you that have been through that, and those of you who have it, hey, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, planning weddings and such. But uh, good for Talia Santos. Like I said, it was one of two finishes the entire night. Unanimous decision win by Sean Brady in the welterweight division over Michael Chiesa. <clears throat> and in the main event, Misha Tate loses an unanimous decision to Ketlin Vieira. Misha Tate will rebound. That's, that's another story for another day. Good for Ketlin Vieira. Good for you, ma'am. Women's bantamweight division. Ketlin Vieira is coming. She's, she's going to be... She's coming at you guys, man. You know, she's she's going to be up there. She, she's going to be looking at a title shot. She's probably about a win away or so, you know. 
probably about a win away. The upcoming, upcoming real quick, uh, UFC Fight Night on December 4th. That's a Saturday, not this Saturday, but next. It's headlined by Rob Font versus Jose Aldo, or Jose Aldo. That's a, that's a good fight by itself. Uh, so far, there's only five matches on the card. I'm looking for the rest of it to fill out. And the next Bellator is on December 3rd, the uh, a week from this Friday. And Sergio Pettis is going to take on Kiyoji Horiguchi. But that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make Strong Style so much fun to do each and every week. This is our weekly MMA and pro wrestling podcast that invades your ear hole. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. If you want to follow us at the Impact 99, we'll catch us on any of the major social medias. You can look us up on Facebook, Impact Media. If you want to follow just the shows directly at Team Impact Media on Twitter. See you guys next week. This is Gooses. Go watch wrestling. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.